Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, what's up, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. There's three of us today. I'm Marquez. I'm Andrew. And I'm David. And we got three of us today because we're talking about a bunch of stuff. First of all, the iPhone 14 Pro review is now live on the channel. We can get into that a little bit. There it is. It's purple over there. Uh, we also have our first look at some of the stuff I predicted in that video, one of which is a little dynamic island on Android, kind of. Sort of. A little. A yeah, little bit. Uh, we're also looking forward to a Google event, and then we're also going to wrap it up by talking to a few professionals that let us know what they think of the new Apple Watch Ultra. But first, a quick shout out to the hoodie. This is so long overdue. I'm so glad it's finally up. So Andrew's holding it. If you're a video watcher, you can see it. But the new MKBHD edition Chevron hoodie. People have been asking me where to get this thing for so long. So we finally went and just made the thing. Uh, so mkbhd.com is where you can get the thing. It's it's about to be hoodie season. I just checked the weather. There's like six more days of 80 degree days and then it's gonna start <laughs> plummeting and it's hoodie season. So get officially. it fast, yeah. And this is a warm one, it's good. Yeah, I think funny story about this is like, this is based on the old avatar you used to have of an Amazon mm -hmm. hoodie that you bought. Um, but this quality is so much the, better. Yeah, the Amazon one I got is literally like, I would I would wear it in the winter, but then I'd wear a jacket over it because it was the thinnest, mm -hmm. cheapest material ever. So we basically just made a better version of, of the hoodie I've loved for There so was a time where Brandon, Vin, and I, for a joke, wanted to dress up as you. So we all ordered the hoodie. We all ordered it from the same listing on Amazon, and we each got three different companies. Like, all of them had different tags. They were slightly different, different colors. Yeah. yeah, different quality. Yeah. Ironically, so, if you search, and I, I remember this being a thing for years, if you search MKBHD hoodie on Amazon, it comes up with the one that the you always used to wear. Yeah. Chief crappy Specifically one? Yeah. the blue one, but I think they have multiple colors. Yeah. But I see people wearing these occasionally, and I'm like, there's no way you just randomly bought Most that. of yeah. the reviews on that mention MKBHD. Yeah. yeah. Well, this one this one is a, a great way to support the channel. It's also way better. It's way, way, way so better. So I'm really pumped about that. Um, but yeah, okay, so iPhone 14 reviews are out, uh, at least ours, so there's iPhone 14s as well. I started with the 14 Pro, and uh, it turns out to be the one that people are most interested in, and it also is easily the most interesting one, because there's actually a couple new things about it 
those main three being internals, display, and cameras. So the general gist of it, uh, to, to basically summarize, I mean, go watch their video. It's a 20-minute review of all this stuff, but the internals are a slight bump up. The cameras are a little bit of a bump up, and then the display is the most interesting part and the most unique and the thing that most people will notice about the phone. Um, but honestly, if you have a phone from like the last three or four years and you get the iOS 16 update, that's most of the new experience right there. Um, but I'm curious, you guys, you know, David, you've tested the iPhone 14 Pro Max. Mm -hmm. I actually want to ask you specifically about one thing. Okay. Uh, battery life. Yeah. How has your battery life been? And have you compared it to a previous Max phone? Yeah. So the Pro Max is good battery life. Obviously, it lasts like almost two days. But yeah. last year, we did the same thing where you re reviewed the Pro and I reviewed the Pro Max. Mm -hmm. And last year, it was a solid two straight days. Yeah. And I noticed that on this one, it was still good, but it died on the second day at like at like 4 p.m. Yeah. Whereas last year, it died like at midnight on the second day or like a little bit into the third day, which is crazy. It's still yeah. good, but still I, really good. I think that always on display is having a little bit of an impact or and or the fact that the brightness gets up so high, especially outside. Yeah, I think it's like, it's possibly three things. The, the third being the A16 Bionic is a little extra power hungry, and mm -hmm. maybe that all those things combined mean you'll get slightly less battery. But yeah, I you know, the always on display, this is the one thing you can kind of see it now. It's like, I've looked down at it so many times thinking my phone's still on. Same. And it's, it's giving me notifications, a nice big bright time, and my widgets are updating and all that stuff. And it's, it is very much the Apple way but I prefer some other ways, to yeah. be honest. I, I don't like that it feels like my phone is on all the time. We talked about this a little bit before, but the way that most Android phones do it, mm -hmm. specifically Pixel, I really like the Pixel implementation, is that you just see the time and then a few icons for the apps that you have notifications on. Whereas Apple, intentionally, like you said in the review, it fades from being fully on to being kind of like really dim like half on so you still see your wallpaper which i i don't like because if i'm trying to go to sleep especially and even the minimum brightness is like a little bit too bright when you're in a pitch black room yeah it kind of illuminates oh do you the... use focus modes though so the thing about the sleep focus mode i know that the always on display turns off when you go into sleep focus mode yeah but my sleep focus mode always turns on at like 10 p.m. So I just turn it off and then I always forget to turn it back oh, on yeah, when I actually go to bed. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can push it back. You can make it turn on at like midnight or something. Yeah. Just as, as you're falling asleep. But, but it this, also just it's uncomfortable feeling like my screen never turns off. I really hate that. <laughs> this yeah. looks like it's on right now. I like, know. I thought this so was annoying. on. It does. I don't know what I'm doing to make it actually it turn basically, on. Basically, all you have to do is touch it. But okay. it basically looks like when you turn your brightness all the way down on your lock screen, like that's on. Yeah. And that's always on. It's slightly different. I don't it's like it. It's slightly dimmer. I'm also realizing right now, looking at it is like at an angle, you can see there's a huge difference between the like digital not or like hole punch and where the actual cutouts are. And I totally see now why all the renders previously had the eye shape because that's what it is. Yeah. And the pixels in the cutout are like, there's a lot of them. You there. can catch it from certain angles. I you heard, can really like from the it's side. It's crazy how yeah, yeah. how much you can see that and how much of that is screen but not screen. Yeah. I, I think from straight on when you're using the phone, you never notice. It looks the best. Um, that's what I'm saying. I didn't notice this at the event when we were shooting it and yeah. now seeing it 
I'm really noticing it. You can also tell that the actual cutouts are not totally flush with the digital cutouts. And I heard that's because Apple had trouble creating exactly uniform notch cutouts on the original notch. And so now when they wanted to make a digital ring around it, there are actually more just black pixels surrounding the cutouts okay. so that you if the cutouts are not perfect, you still get a perfect digital yeah. circle. It is a pretty consistent, nice pill-shaped thing. Yeah. And then the animations, all the things that it does, this is the part that I think we're going to we're gonna get into it in a second, but that we're going to see copied a lot, which is all of the stuff that the the digi- dynamic island <laughs> I, I don't want to say that anymore as just all the stuff that the pill does all the animations that it does are really crisp and like precise and high frame rate and like friendly and alive and bouncy and it's like oh that's really cool i didn't i didn't think i would care about that at all and honestly most of the time you're using the phone you're not touching it you're not interacting with it but you just notice it up at the top and it's like oh yeah that's a nice thing that they did up there it's really friendly it's yeah. like it it there's something that the Pixel does that makes it feel like the friendliest phone. Mm-hmm. And the animations that Apple added to Dynamic Island feel very, like, delightful. Yeah. So. I really, I, I definitely prefer the Pixel's always-on display yeah. over. Like, when I go see the animation, well, I don't have any notifications, but the animation that it does when it, like, fades down, brings the time in, and it'll, like, throw up the notifications right under the time. Mm-hmm. I like that better. I also really like OnePlus is always on display. With this the, is my least favorite one, Apple's. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I in the Minority. not norm here that I just hate always on display for so everything? I think you might be scarred from the previous Pixel, which would just wake <laughs> up all the time. I, yeah. Right? Yeah. I just generally don't <laughs> like it. I miss. I just miss my Note 8's notification LED. Like, that was perfect well. to me. That's a yellow, a I, yellow flash for Snapchat, a blue flash for text, a yeah. green flash for emails, like... That's all I ever want. I think you need to get the Sony Xperia 1 Mark III. The only phone shipping today that still has. Mark shipping today? Yeah. Are you sure about that? Well, well, Mark IV is not shipping today. Yeah, right? I don't Mark know what's ship shipping someday. anymore. Yeah. One of the Sony phones, because they all have think, the notification LED. Yeah. And that's the only one I can think of that still does it. I think Maybe Motorola. Why would, the, why would the new iPhone Zenfone? not have Zenfone a notification ID? It. it has all the pixels there in the notch. Why can't they just brighten one of those pixels? That as would a notification yeah, LED. smart, actually. I would. Or Love like do that. that. Remember when or any phone could do that. Remember when the S10 came out and whenever it turned on the camera, it did that little digital ring mm-hmm. animation around the circle. Yeah. Apple should really do that for this for a- notification. Any phone. I bet an Apple that. come out that does that. If if Apple allows yeah, it to. I, think- I know on the Pixel they allow you to like. There's this really awesome um, battery health uh, oh, pixel circle. Mm-hmm. circle. It goes yeah. around the camera and it's like lit up only as much as your battery is for the ring. Yeah. Adam had that I think we're going to see more people doing that to their Android phones that don't have it built into the software. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Apple... I would love it. that as a lock screen thing, though, like on my lock screen, then just have that ring light up as different colors for notifications. That would be sick. Yeah. I would love that. That's yeah. all I want in a... So when you display. plug in the phone to charge, you do get a little animation. The pill extends, and it shows you a circle with the battery percentage. Mm-hmm. And when you put your AirPods back in the case and close them, it shows you the battery percentage of your AirPods. Yeah. So it, it kind of does a lot of that stuff already. But uh, I guess the point I was going to make is a lot of the first-party stuff already, already works because it's Apple stuff. And then third-party apps that don't use call kit and now playing api will be able to come up with other cool things they want to do mm. with the pill um but as of right now like the podcast app i use pocket cast works spotify works all the stuff i typically use 
already works, which is great. One thing that I found really cool is, and it's really, really small, but like when you are playing back media, say I'm playing um, the Vox Media show Today Explained, mm -hmm. it's a yellow album art. So the waveform that plays next to it is uh -huh. also yellow. Yeah. It's like a, just a little it's like... Nice I haven't play. put that together because when we did waveform, it was red. It was red. Uh -huh. yeah. And I realized it matched, but it, I guess I just assumed the default was red. Yeah, and I haven't no. tried a different one. The so default's black cool. or whatever media. If it would you play be white, a song, guess, yeah. Yeah. It, it just matches the album art of the song. It's so cool. That's really neat. I mean, just it's like just, again, things. nice little things they added into it. I mean, what they did, I saw someone describe it on Twitter really well, is like... Rather, like Apple's using its software to make the hardware limitations feel really good. And right. that's it's a gradient and everything. I put a, I pulled up the graduation album from Kanye West. It's not just a purple waveform. Let's it's like a Kanye purple and like a bright cross, the like gradient waveform. Yeah, that's so awesome. All it's really it. nice. It's such good. a little. I, again, it's like there's just these little things that make it feel delightful. And yeah. I know that Apple has been working on this for many years, and they even put a dedicated uh, display engine just for the notch area, yeah. which they definitely want because I think they really want to make sure that you don't have like a glitchy notch because that would ruin the whole experience. Like you said, Andrew, trying to make that hardware feel more like software because if you can make people believe that the notch area is just a cool extra dis software display mm -hmm. they'll forget that the hardware even exists and yeah. i think that's the point yeah i think probably somewhere someone at apple looked at the pill before they did this and they were like that looks kind of like a hack the whole punch we got to do something about it make it look better yeah and then this whole project was born okay i have a question for you guys about this uh we've seen you saw on twitter there was like a Xiaomi mod mm -hmm. of like a my UI and me UI, me UI, yeah, like notification thing. It kind of looked like the dynamic island, but it didn't like actually touch the selfie cutout. Yeah, which company will be the first to actually copy the dynamic island in their own software? Oppo, Oppo, yeah. I could see that. Oppo ships features so fast. I could see that. They're probably working on a phone right now. Oh, They're yeah. like, yep, we're shipping that with They've the probably phone. been working on it since the leaks came out. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, would you bet money on a different company? Well, when we talked about this at the Apple event, I mm -hmm. said Samsung, but then someone tweeted at me saying how like Samsung is so adamant about making reachability a thing and how like they make all their software to be like pull down. So now I don't think it's going to be Samsung, although I don't know if it would totally stop them from doing it. Mm -hmm. um, also, the one thing about the MIUI ones, there's two. There was one that's not connected because it was a left-facing hole punch, but they had another one on a different Xiaomi phone with a center hole punch oh, that really? actually did come out and looks that's really right. nice. Um, but but again, people were tagging us. That was like theme developers, not actually yeah. Xiaomi doing that. Right. Um, yeah. So our, our predictions are still out there. These still could happen. Oppo's a great pick i think yeah i don't know if samsung would do it i i'm I, going i'm going xiaomi xiaomi i'm gonna go with xiaomi i think xiaomi the money see, we just see that happen in their communities and then they go with their next phone yeah i guess you guys like that so here's an option I it'll be it. way more optional they'll give us customization and actual options but that's my that's yeah. my prediction i saw someone saying that I disagree with that Android's focused on eliminating the whole bunch why Apple's focused on making it into a software thing. Why would they do that? And the simple answer there is that it's way cheaper and way easier to put software around a whole punch than it is. We've seen a couple under display cameras. They're rough. Yeah. Um, and also me, Android is like 30 companies and they're all well, yeah. doing different stuff. 
but yes, there's there's a concerted effort by a bunch of them at the highest end to get rid of the hole punch. I think everyone expensive phones. Everyone would like to get rid of the hole punch. Yeah, just the limit is there right now, and they haven't figured that out yet. So I'm sure eventually Apple will ditch that and not have Dynamic Island, but. We're a long time away from Apple that. Apple is really good at taking hardware limitations and making them fashion because they turned that's the, deep. Yeah, well, they turned the notch into the, a fashionable thing. It's how you knew that you had the new iPhone. It was the signifier that said, "I have the new iPhone." Yeah. And then what did they do with the notch? They put it in the MacBook, and it doesn't even use Face ID. Yeah. So like, I'm that, staring at one right now. Exactly. On this computer. It's another way that they're like, "I have the new best thing." Yeah. And now they're doing it with. Island. So, how long till there's a dynamic island on the laptop? I don't want to just that wait. Into the world. I don't want to put that into the world. That's <laughs> a little too far ahead. It would have to be touchscreen, right? Um, oh, true. No, well, no. I feel like oh, it would no. not be. It could worth just be a notification without. center. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It could just pop in. You never well, know. I, I think this we're gonna see the dynamic island for a long time on the highest yeah. end iPhones for a little while because Face ID is Face ID. That is an interesting thing though. If they're going to put that much work into this, it's probably gonna last a few generations, which means we're probably not gonna see a full screen iPhone for at least like four more years. Yep. Yep. I agree. Hmm. Before, as unfortunate as that is. Before or after twenty thirty. <laughs> 2030? You can see it before 2030. Before 2030? But if you said yeah. 2025? Okay, how about this? Oh. Both models, the lower model too, totally full screen iPhone before 2030. Because right now we definitely are seeing a trend of pro models are getting things quite a bit. After. After 2030? After yeah, 2030. Yeah, because they love, they're more than ever, and I'm going to talk about this in the iPhone 14 review. More than ever, they like to separate the pro iPhone with the non-pro iPhone to give you more reasons, more different. Because the the mistake they made earlier was not making them different enough, and Mm -hmm. people would just go with the cheaper phone. So now they're like, okay, it's an extra camera. It's a dynamic island. It's the ProMotion, and it's the new chip. And now they all look different. They feel different. Uh, I think they would keep a full-screen iPhone more expensive and a non-full-screen iPhone less expensive for how long many though? years really many years i think so how long do you think it's going to be until the cheaper iphone has dynamic iPhone? i want to know that too i, I would as guess one as year the, as soon as the most expensive iphone has graduated from dynamic island what no oh, way. okay yeah. wait, no wait, wait. Way. that's the apple move right it only took like one year for the because uh, iphone 8 iphone 10 came out at the same time right yep. iphone yep. 10 was the only one that had the notch mm-hmm. the next year the xr which was the cheaper one mm-hmm. had the notch okay so think about what iphone se is doing in the background we've got this old iphone 8 body and when we're expecting the next iphone se which i think will be next year we're expecting that to graduate to the 10r which is the notch but it's the like rounded not squared off phone so they've got rounded not squared off phone with a notch Square phone with a notch and then dynamic island. When they move up one, all of the rest can move up with it. So when the highest end phone goes to totally notchless, then they can move up the mid-range phone to dynamic island and they can move up the SE phone to squared off size. Wouldn't that just be more reason that next year the the cheaper iPhone will have dynamic island because they are moving up the mid-range one to dynamic island? Well, they won't move it up until the, the, the highest end one moves up out the way. I have a middle ground where I disagree with both of you. I don't think it'll be next year, but I don't think it'll, I kind of, I agree with you that it needs to create some sort of separation. I think Mm. we're so far away from totally full screen that there will be some other feature the pro gets 
that the normal one doesn't have, and then the one under, then mm. the fourteen or you know the base model will get dynamic. So the Island. Pro will have two years of. I don't know two years. Hardware. Let's say like USB C, portless, something <laughs> extra that the top one gets. Uh, USB C is a, a a pipe dream. I don't. It's not a pipe dream. No, it's an example of something. So like. Like it's something new that it will get the bottom one doesn't get, but they and legally, then it'll get it. I think they legally have oh, to. USB C is a funny it's example because like, yeah, like the, yeah. they probably have to do all USB C across the board at yeah. the same okay. time. Bad but example. If they had but the if, option, they would put it only on the Pro. They next would. Year. They would. They would. Yeah. Just like the iPads. Yeah. Like what's yeah, exactly. the iPad situation right now? We have iPad Air and iPad Pro are USB C, and all the cheaper iPads are still Lightning. Why? Wait, the, really? Yeah. Like the that, baseline iPad is still Lightning. The Mini is C though, right? Uh, the mini, I think, is also still late. Let me check. But let me, let me I, double check. I guess what I'm saying is the Pro will get a new feature that the normal doesn't have, and then the normal, I think, is allowed to get one of those features, whether... It, oh, like one of them? I think it'll be Dynamic Island. I wish it was ProMotion because it's still absurd that there's an $800 phone with 60 hertz, but I do think they screwed themselves over by calling yeah. it ProMotion, so oh, absolutely. it'll probably only ever be Oh, yeah, the Pro. pro st- but that was the other question I was going to ask, is mm-hmm. like, okay... <laughs> Before or after 2030, where we get a 120 hertz non-pro iPhone. If it, like, <laughs> it's at the point where we've talked about it for so long, we've just stopped worrying about it. Like, yeah. I just don't think they're gonna do it, and I. It's sad. They but might just like, get rid of the name point, ProMotion. Maybe, maybe I'll just get that. rid of that before they put it on the They'll, cheaper phone. But they always, in the back of their head, will have something that they want to keep separate for the pros. For sure, yeah, 100. They've got to have maybe LTPO. Yeah, I mean, it's still, like, a big difference using the two different phones. I think they want to keep the experiences noticeably different. Also, I've looked it up. The Mini does have USB-C, but okay. I believe... I'm going to check the standard iPad. I think it's still Lightning. The iPad for education. Yep. Or whatever. Oh, the, the education one? IPad. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, That's probably Lightning. So they can sell Lightning connectors to schools. It is still Lightning. So why? Damn. Taking advantage of the teachers. So anyway, they're gonna. I think they're gonna keep the iPhone Pros as far from the non-Pros as possible, and I don't think we get a a full screen of both the Pro and non-Pro at the same time. All right, we will write down these bets after the podcast. Yeah, a lot <laughs> it's a one-year bet. It's a lot going on. <laughs> one-year bet. Anyway, uh, okay. Yeah, stay tuned for the for the iPhone 14 review. I gotta. I'll try to succinctly wrap up all these thoughts that I have about the way Apple repackages things. Um, but we do have a, a headline here now. I still don't know how inside baseball this is or how early this is to judge. I think it's early to judge, and that's why I want to talk about it. Okay, oh. so the headline is from Mac Rumors, and it's a quote unquote Ming Chi Quo saying the iPhone 14 Plus pre-orders are worse than the iPhone 13 Mini, therefore the product strategy has failed. Or does the Mini just rock? Well, okay. <laughs> I have some thoughts. I mean, I already love... We A lot of people know that the Mini is very popular in a small group. It's like the vocal minority, classically. Yeah. Uh, to see the iPhone 14 Plus pre-orders being even worse than the 13 Mini suggests that it's doing pretty bad. But also, first of all, the 14 Plus doesn't come out for another month. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's going to impact pre-order numbers, obviously, when a people lot. go to a store or realize that their carrier is going to let them pre-order and they can't get the iPhone 14 Plus. That's going to hold it back. But two, I don't know. Pre-orders to me feel like a little bit more bleeding edge than what the masses sure. eventually get. And I think the masses are going to get the 14 Plus. They're not pre-ordering phones, but they're just going to go into the store and see the bigger, cheaper phone and get it. 
And that's why I think it's not a failure. And yet. on top of, like you said, pre-orders are for bleeding edge. Most people aren't going to pre-order the 14 because it's basically just a 13. Yeah. And also the 13 is still yeah. available for sale for $100 less. What's going to happen this holiday season? There's going to be a bunch of carrier deals. There's yep. going to be a bunch of people being like, oh, I'm still on an iPhone 8. I might, I should probably get my son or daughter a new iPhone. And then they go to the carrier and they're like, oh, this is the newest one, but it's also like the cheapest. Here you go. Yeah. They're going to sell a ton just because it is there. When it's the, just the new iPhone in a carrier store, these numbers change completely. And yeah. I do think that's when the plus will outsell the mini because mm-hmm. yeah. people might be like, I want the newest one. Oh, that's the cheapest. I can spend a little bit more for the bigger one. Yeah. And bigger then, screen. And the yeah. mini Boom. came out at the same time as the others last year. Yep. Like this, we can't do this yeah. analysis way yet. too early yeah way too early, early guys so i believe that the numbers are lower now but i don't think they can say it's a failure yet no yeah um okay we, we'll take a quick break we got a bunch more to talk about including um some other companies so let's be right back oh, oh. right i forgot <laughs> oh don't we have a new thing happening too with trivia oh not yet not yet not yet oh, not yet. oh yeah no, just for the answers oh yeah we'll save it for the end we'll save it all right get hype but the question, of course, Ellis, yeah, how could end. I forget? I don't know. How could you forget, Mark? <laughs> I was just so amped to move on to it, Google it's stuff. It's an exciting week. We've got all these new toys in the office. You know, there's a lot on our mind. But yeah. I do have some good trivia for us this week. All right. <clears throat> in June of 2021, Apple began offering the ability to stream lossless audio via Apple Music. Which model of AirPods are able to play Apple lossless audio? 2021. Okay. Alice just complained about this to me the other day, so I'm complaining about it all week. <laughs> Man. If you guys actually listen, if, I listen. Wait, if okay. Alice is complaining, then yeah, that, then it's not the obvious one. Yeah, I think. okay, <laughs> yeah. noted. All right, who's to say? We'll come back after the break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. 
With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, welcome back. We have Google's October 6th event on our dock to talk about today. Do you want me to? I, I wrote this up, so I yeah, think yeah. That, yeah, are, let me explain what I want to talk about. I don't yeah, know yeah. if I have so anything to talk about. I think about. there's a couple <laughs> interesting points about this. First of all, October 6th is the official date, which is like the new thing that we did get from last episode. Okay. Um, it's in Brooklyn. I believe it's a live event, right? Do we, is this actually going back to live? It's in Brooklyn. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't the rumors know. say live. I'm not sure if you got an invite yet. I'm not sure if you're allowed to talk about an invite I don't, yet. I don't know okay. anything. I don't have an invite. I don't know about invites, and I don't know anything about the event. Interesting. The rumor <laughs> is that it's a live event, whether that's like okay. hybrid live like Apple's doing, which I kind of like because I love the pre-produced stuff, but I also like going in the show floor and hands-on experience and stuff like that. Um, so we'll see about that. Wait, can we talk about that? Sure. I I really... Okay, as a consumer and an enthusiast about tech i love the pre-produced video i love watching it i enjoy like the presentation of the features and how well they're able to like consistently wrap everything together but as someone who's taking notes and has to make a video and remember all the specs and everything that's happening i much prefer the live event in which you have time because people have to breathe and walk off stage and walk back on stage and like actually say things instead of just a drone whizzing to the next thing by the time you're writing down you know what i mean like it's actually easier to take notes and and handle a live event as a press member you know what's crazy is like if you think back to just pre-2020 everything changed in 2020 when Mm -hmm. all these pre-produced videos started happening everything before that from the very first apple like iphone event up until 2019 was basically a PowerPoint. Yeah. So it they it's had keynote. It's yeah, like it's literally keynote. just a yeah, slideshow. They yeah. had like individual project managers that would come up and say, "We're proud to announce this." Clap, 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 clap. It is really great because it has this feature. Clap, 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 clap. And you had time to like. Type and then they did these. like, "Let me do a live demo," and then they roll out a table. <laughs> yeah. And then they go, "Here are the products," and, and then, then they let's start the demo. Yeah. So as you can see, I'm using the product here, and you're yeah. like, "Yes, okay, how yeah. does this work?" But in the in the produced video, it's just like boom, boom. It's boom. like it, yeah. It's yeah. just quick. Yeah, it's really quick. It's so fast. It's just like feature, 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 feature. So I can appreciate both, but I, I don't know what I want from the Google event. I, I really don't know. I think you should learn how to type faster. I type pretty fast. Mm-hmm. It's just like I, I'm typing my notes and I'm tweeting. Like, okay, here's my workflow of an Apple event from from the audience, right? We were going to, like, try to vlog this a little bit. I was like, I promise you I'll be locked in. I won't be able to vlog. Okay, I've got my laptop in front of me. The event starts. I have Twitter open on one side because I live tweet the thing. And I have my notes open. And I have a live feed of the keynote playing in the background on maybe, like, a 15-second delay, 20-second delay. Oh, that's actually a benefit. So when the thing gets announced on stage... First thing I do is live tweet if I don't need an image. If I do need an image, 
I will see the thing happen on stage and take a picture of it. And if that's too late, if I miss it, then I'll switch over to the tab with the video playing, take a screenshot because I know exactly when it's gonna happen, then put that in my tweet. While all that is happening, I also need to take notes for the video later, so I need to make sure I get all of my numbers and uh. facts and specs straight while I'm also reacting and giving my feelings on Twitter. So there's like three yeah. brains happening at once. Uh, for two hours. For a long time in a row. And then often they sort of move on so quickly from something that I'm still reacting and haven't written down the number yet, and I'm trying to remember the number while I'm reacting, and then the next thing's happening, and it's just, it's yeah, a lot. It's chaos. It's a lot. So... I guess what I'm saying is, as a journaler, uh, MKBHD really wants it to be like a live presentation, but then it won't be like a cool video. I guess Google's videos weren't that cool. Google never <laughs> really makes the like hype videos. They they, they kind of make their videos basically slideshows. Well, something that I noticed is like the videos that Google shows off on stage are generally their TV ads. Yeah, Apple does the ad at like the end of the product presentation, yeah. and Google will do it like. Google as throws like most the, of it. the same videos that they have in the presentation they put on TV. It's like yeah. rather than a drone shot transition, they're doing the like beauty B roll transition of the product and then talking about it like a stage event where Apple's like showing way more and then Apple, they have their own transition. They've got this sort of pseudo formula where there's a new product, they'll it'll be like higher up executive going, we really think a lot about this product category. That's why I'm excited to show you the newest thing. And then they'll pass it to an executive who's in charge of that exact division. And then they'll be like, we're proud to introduce new product name. And then you'll get like a splashy 30 second epic video, right? With like shadows and it coming out of water or something crazy. And then it'll come back to that executive and they'll do the, the keynote. And then before the price, they'll dive back into the commercial. We see the commercial we come back to the executive, they go, it will start at this price and it'll be available on this date. Back to you, executive, and they go back up to the top. I promise that's exactly the format of the last like five Apple announcements mm -hmm. in this exact way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in the in the Google way, it's more of, um, here's a cool thing, here's how it works, here's some slides. I can kind of, I can I can rock with that. That's like a nice hybrid. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they usually have like a product specialist or the engineer that designed the thing like come up and talk about like the engineering problems around yeah. it whereas apple would never do that well somehow apple has a unlimited amount of excellent presenters that also worked <laughs> on the products it's kind yeah. of unreal we like, were yeah we were joking that like the turnover must be insane because i've never seen the same executives on stage except see, for like phil schiller and like the main guys but, yeah but like for the product managers it's always a different product manager. i see head of product for a while mm -hmm. like the head of the ios people are the same every time the mac people are the same every time or like the same couple of people like craig has had a software you'll see him in the mac events but yeah they just go from person to person and that was the other thing i, I tweeted in the middle of the event i was like i don't know how they're capturing audio it seems too perfect it's like kind of way too good uh where's the microphones are they doing this like dubbed over in post what's happening here and I had an Apple executive come up to me in the hands-on area like, hey, by the way, all the audio is live. And I was just like, dude, how? 2000 Where's the mic, dude? <laughs> I need to know. Not just uh, where's the mic. They're in a giant yeah, empty room. Like, it should be massively echoey. It should be reverb. They, they're outside sometimes and they're just in the middle of a desert and they're talking and it's like, how is there no wind or yeah. anything? Nothing's like messing up your audio. It's perfect every time. The presenters are like calmly speaking fluently to the camera every time. And that's just not true about every company. 
That's just facts. Yeah. Um, so Apple's got unlimited great presenters. That's what I learned. And money. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, so Google event. Google. Google. <laughs> what are we expecting um, from Google? Google. Well, so I one thing that I find really interesting is we always make jokes about how Google leaks everything, and they basically have been doing their own leaks. Yeah. But then I went to go look at what we know about the Google event, and I know like nothing. So has their Wait, leaking? Don't we know everything. We know it's a Pixel Seven. We know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Do we know anything else about it? Well, that's all there is to know. They just have to give us a price. We could have special oh, features. No, there's plenty of but stuff. Software we... features don't really leak. I software mean, features specs don't and leak. stuff like that. Like, like all the stuff know... that could leak has leaked. Which I is... don't know about that. I feel like we've been gone into Pixel events or other Android events with way more knowledge than this one. Also, remember at the the Google event last time at I.O. when they showed off the like future glasses thing? Like we had no one had heard anything about that. But that wasn't real. They were testing it. Oh, they can internally test all they want, but they weren't going to like build a thing. Yeah, it wasn't like, like when a stuff, product. Yeah, when stuff leaks, I guess, you're like, oh, you're going to a supply chain, going you're getting it approved FCC. by the FCC, all yeah. that stuff. So true. So when, like, for example, Apple's going to have an event, the September event, we all kind of know what roughly we're going to get. I think it's going to be an iPhone, probably a watch and whatever. But like, then we find out in person. So when the Google event rolls up, it's going to be like, all right, we're going to make a new Pixel phone. It's going to have the next generation Tensor chip. It's going to be called the Pixel 7. Here's what it looks like. And we're all going to sit there like, yeah, we already knew all of this, actually. <laughs> yeah. And so all they have to do is tell us a couple of software features they worked on. Yeah. And a price. Mm-hmm. And that's but it. The, the tagline is, it's all coming together this fall. And I know that that probably means mm, we are building out our ecosystem, mm-hmm. which is probably specifically a reference to the watch and maybe... They will show more about the tablet that's coming out early next year, mm-hmm. especially because there have been a lot of updates to Android recently to make tablets a lot better. However, maybe we'll see another hardware product that we weren't expecting as part of an ecosystem. Is it possible that Google has made a hardware product and not had it leak? <laughs> that's the is it possible billion dollar question. <laughs> it it could it could happen. Yeah, it I mean, could happen. I feel like they released the Pixel Buds Pro kind of early. Like it would have made sense for them to. Just release I'm them surprised. with a giant ecosystem. It's not in here, especially if, like you said, the the tagline's coming together this fall. Yeah, it's I figured all it would be everything. Together. I mean, there what, there's some rumors of okay. a new Nest, uh, oh, yeah. Nest camera, and uh, oh yeah, true. Oh, that's true. That's, that's true. And a new Smart Chrome, home. Chromecast okay, HD a good point. as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Chromecast HD. Because right? when yeah. you say it's all coming together, it's got to be more than two. It's right? going to be a lot of yeah. Smart Home stuff. I yeah. think, And how they can all maybe connect better together. And I mean, like. They want to drive home ecosystem. I think. I think Google is really leaning into like the smart home ambient stuff. Like they're they, way better at it. They're and more way into ahead. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working on a video about this too. But like, yeah, the Nest doorbell. I mean, yeah, new speaker, new doorbell, new camera. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. It's Nest Audio. Maybe a new um, Nest Hub Max or Nest Hub. Yeah. What do what do you what do you want out of a new Nest Hub? Because like I have the Nest Hub Max, the screen is okay. Maybe I'd like it to be a little more responsive and faster, but like I don't touch it that often. Mm-hmm. I yell at it across the room and ask for timers and weather. What would you want out of a brand new Nest Hub Max, other than faster? I can't think of anything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they already have like they already have solely. Yeah, I want a better design somehow. I. Like, Nest Hub yeah, Max would be so edge, sick if it was a picture frame somehow. Like, oh, like if it imagine like Samsung that. Frame. No, 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 like one that you hang on your wall and can like oh, hide the wire. Like that would be how sick. sick. Like the Samsung frame yeah, as Nest Hub t- Max frame TV, but a Nest Hub. 
That would be, be really cool. pretty intense. Yeah. I, I think it would limit how many people could get it. True. I mean, but if it's the Nest every, Max, I think. I, they want this thing in every kitchen in the world, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, plug it into the wall, put it on the counter, boom. So, yeah, they still have Nest Up Mini and all that stuff for yeah. other rooms. Yeah. Uh, but fine. one yeah. that could be, like, the screen that's somewhere in your main living room or in your kitchen or something like that, I think, looks way nicer. I still think the original Google Home's the best-looking Mm. Google like home the desk air freshener, home, air freshener. it's because it actually yeah. fits with other things it does yeah, it's really yeah. casual and this it's the, all ambient versus like imaging too this is the biggest uh problem I have with my new routers this is super side note into the weeds but uh-huh. I got uh so I was using a Google Wi-Fi mesh system the yeah. routers for like a month and I was like I don't know I'm paying for pretty fast internet and I'm just straight up not getting it I wonder if there's like a better router solution out there. And the Wi-Fi things, the little pucks, also are Google Assistant hubs. Mm-hmm. So you can ask it questions. It's a little speaker on the bottom, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it plugs into the, the Google Home app and everything. But then I read all these reviews about this Netgear Orbi system. Mm-hmm. That, uh, there's a bunch of really good ones. I got one of the higher-end ones. The thing is five times the size of a Google Home <laughs> puck. It is unbelievably obtrusive uh, and ugly. Oh, wow. And I get amazing internet speed so like i don't want to not use it anymore because it's it's the best internet speed i've ever had universities where you hang them from the ceiling yeah i don't know it's it just sits looking like an eyesore Mm. at every spot i have three of them one's in the garage one in each spot i don't know i but i got my first one gigabit per second down over wi-fi over wi-fi i was like i can't switch back i was getting like 250 from from the nest which is like really good but i'm paying for 900 yeah so i that that was my I would do bummer. that just for it to not look as good for sure. <sighs> yeah. I yeah. don't know. I, I like think that I think that overall the Google event is going to be leaning more into ambient stuff, like home stuff and like just being able to make ambient more part of your world. And in fact, I'm going to make a hot take. I think a big part of Tensor 2 is going to try to be enabling more ambient features throughout your entire Google ecosystem. Because that was sort of the whole point of Tensor 1 in the first place, was like better uh, speech to text and speech speech detection in general. Yeah, I think they're going to try to take that to the next step. Because that's their master plan. We all know that. Yeah. So That would make sense. So is that the the theme officially? It's all coming together? Yeah. Yeah. You know how disappointed I was when Far Out from Apple didn't have any astrophotography? I'm hoping Google delivers on this one. Yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah. We'll see. Do you want to do a couple Pixel 7 speculations like price or maybe like one random feature that they haven't don't think yeah okay um price is up let's do price first price same same. so there's this there's gonna be a seven and a seven pro Mm -hmm. we we we're pretty sure um how about tensor 2 pixel 7 is 6.99 and 7 pro is 8.99 how about that so more expensive yeah Uh but like they're still undercutting some stuff yeah i think last year everyone liked the price of the pixel 6 but not the pro because you didn't get that much more in the pro at all right um a lot of people complained about the 899 price i think they either they're gonna do 599 and 849 or 599 mm. and 799. I could see 799 because a 300 delta is exactly massive. it's gigantic. It needs a 200 delta is more acceptable. The iPhone only does a 100 delta. On okay, the yeah. So difference. what's the difference going to be between Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro? They're going to have the same Tensor chip, telephoto camera. 
Or are they? Oh, wait a second. No, they'll both be Tensor 2. They'll both be Tensor 2? Yeah. Okay, because I was going to talk about the, like how everyone's going to start copying Apple and I don't, the lower-end silicon in the, in the new I don't Because even the 6A has Tensor 1. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that would be rough. I think Google will just put Tensor in everything. Okay, so they have the same chip. Yeah. Do they have the same primary camera? Yes. So you get maybe no telephoto? That's... In the yeah. smaller one? Okay. Yeah. That's the case right now, I think. Smaller flat screen, mm-hmm. lower refresh rate, smaller battery. Is that enough? That's not $300. That's exactly. what it was That year, was the yeah. problem. So do they have to add some, some new feature to the Pro or take something out of the smaller one? What do they do to... Or do they just lower the price of the Pro? I don't know. It seems like they're too I far apart. I think they'll the lower the price of the Pro. I think okay. it'll be $799 or $849. And that the low one will stay at $599 because everyone loved that price and it moved yeah. units. It was a really good price. Okay, it so lower the units. price of the Pro. Yeah. I like that better. I like that better than my prediction. Let's go. Let's go with that. Okay. Five ninety nine again, and nice little seven ninety nine price drop. I can see a two hundred dollar Delta, but three hundred was way too. Three hundred is way too big. Yeah. yeah. Even though I'm still using the Pixel Six Pro. Well, I say still. I switched back to it like a month ago or something. Oh. Um. What else do we not know about the Pixel Sevens yet? Battery size, wireless. I mean, we charging. pretty much just have just like a software. picture of the back, right? Yeah. Anything yeah. different on the front I this guess, year? Hole punch under display. No. We haven't seen anything. Not expecting much. Yeah, I'm expecting hole punch again. I hope the build quality is a little bit better. Better fingerprint reader would be nice. Yeah. It's pretty slow. I weirdly, I like and don't like the new bump on the back. I like that it's metal and it has like a contrast, but I hate that it has circles for the, the camera holes cutouts. Are massive. I yeah. don't like the holes They're in really it at all. The I eye think shape. it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I would love to see cool new ambient stuff that we're not expecting. So who knows? Would be great. Ambient computing. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Sundar walks on stage. <laughs> Here at Google with my sweet jacket, <laughs> we've been talking a lot about how to be the most helpful company in the world. And we've it's all finally coming together. Take it away, Rick. Good morning. Anyway, okay. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's our Google predictions. <laughs> what does Rick say? Does he have a catchphrase? I don't think he, no. When I was at Motorola. <laughs> <laughs> he does, I mean, uh, he does have a, a vibe, but I don't think he has a catchphrase. Yeah, he's got a vibe. I like Rick's vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Rick is my favorite uh, in-person presenter. Just like, yeah, he's fantastic. He's, he's just like super passionate and you him can and tell craig, you can him tell and craig have the same like dad energy i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's true they could be next door neighbors easily yeah i could see yep. that like they just like waving their phones over the fences like this phone's better than yours <laughs> um well that's pretty much it we, we do have another <laughs> trivia question before our break and then we're gonna actually come back and talk to some professional athletes mm. about their thoughts on Apple Watch Ultra. These are people who haven't used the Watch Ultra, but who have witnessed the event just like we have yeah. and have reactions to it as well. I'm, I am I play sport. I, I run and bike a little bit, but I play Ultimate Frisbee, and I'm, I'm thinking about the watch purely in terms of Ultimate. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there's a bunch of different sports in their videos. You have diving, mountain biking, all this stuff. Uh, that it would be really cool to talk to people who actually do that mm-hmm. heavily. So. Yep. We'll talk to them after the break, but before we get there, one more trivia question. All right, so for this next trivia question, we're going to take a trip down uh, EV lane. So, Mm. before Ford got in the way, what was the Tesla lineup supposed to spell out? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, we know. We all know this. Yeah, right, Andrew? We all know this. No, I know this one. Well... 
I'm confused by the wording of the question. Yeah, it yeah. still spells it out. It kind of spells it. Whatever. Okay. All right, we'll get back to it. <laughs> Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. All right, we're back. Uh, now we're going to do something kind of different, kind of interesting, kind of fun. So in the Apple Watch Ultra presentation that they showed off at the event, they specifically called out three key extreme sports slash features that they think that the Apple Watch Ultra can actually replace dedicated hardware for. Those three extreme sports were running, like ultra marathon running and extreme running, diving, um, which I think it they kept using the term recreational diving is mm. what they kept saying over and over again. I don't think they wanted to make sure that it's yes. not going to go insane. We also want Ultra to be a great tool for recreational scuba divers. And then also like mountaineering. So extreme mountain climbing. Well, not climb. I keep saying the word climbing. It's not climbing like this with mm. your arms going up and down for the listeners, but hiking. Hiking. Mountain. <laughs> yeah. hiking. Yes. Yeah. Going going up a mountain. Going up that a mountain. A long, long ascending. Yes. Ascending and descending. Well, hopefully descending. Yes. Well, yeah. Jeez. Sorry. Oh my goodness. Okay. So. You have the SOS feature. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So I went out and I talked to three people that do these more extreme sports. Um, so which one do you guys want to start with? We got we got the swimming, you know, diving. I, I'm least familiar with the water sports. Maybe we start there, the diving stuff. Yeah, I want to hear mountaineering the most. I also know who you interviewed for running and he's yeah. awesome. So let's yeah. let's start scuba and then sure. Okay. So we interviewed Danny and he is a scuba instructor off the coast of Italy. 
my name is Danny. I'm a scuba diving instructor, uh, and I'm working on the island of Sardinia in Italy at the moment as a guide and diving instructor. Which is really sick. He told us that he actually dives like twice a day. Sounds like a fun That's job. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he dives twice a day. So he was overall extremely excited about this watch. Um, he uses four different diving watches slash computers right now. At the same... No, not at the same. Okay. okay. Just like for different use cases, depending on what he's doing. Okay. Um, but he said that his most common watch that he uses right now is a Sunto watch. I dive every day, multiple times a day, and I, I would use it 100%. The one I have right now is a dive watch from a company called Sunto, which is pretty famous in diving. And the battery lasts... Uh, it's not with any call or anything, so the, the battery lasts, I don't know, one year, one year and a half. And... The Sunto has a battery life of one year, which is pretty crazy. It's pretty good. Um, but of all of the different features that the Apple Watch had, he said it could pretty much replace everything that the Sunto did for him, except for the battery life, Okay, which is pretty awesome. And for people that don't know specifically, um, the Apple Watch Ultra has all of these different diving features. It's rated for up to 40 meters for um, recreational diving, which is actually the limit for recreational diving before mm -hmm. you get into technical diving. And then Apple says it can; it is also water resistant down to 100 meters, which is like pretty far into the technical diving stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I specifically asked him, what do you need for this kind of stuff? And is there anything that the Apple Watch couldn't do that you would need to use something different for? Yeah. And he said that it can almost do everything because it has stuff like decompression time. It will, uh, they worked with this diving app company that already has an app on the iPhone, but now it's going to be on the Apple Watch um, called Oceanic Plus. Yeah, they were in the keynote. They were in the keynote, yeah. The diving computers that people are using right now, the UIs are pretty awful and they're these big, hunky, even bigger than the Apple Watch looking devices on their wrist. Um, but he said basically the only thing that it can't do is the diet, the hardcore diving watch, diving computers can mix different types of gases for you when you're diving really deep. I, I would definitely replace uh, this one with the new Apple Watch Ultra uh, and not the other one just because the other one is for technical diving. So you can change gases while you're diving and do different things, which is not recreational diving anymore. So that's the only reason why. Because when you're just going to 40 meters, you're able to just use regular air. But as soon as you get deeper than that, because you don't want to build up nitrogen, you have all these different things, you have to mix different gases. And those watches have like a special Bluetooth connection or something that will allow it to mix the gases for you. So and it's give talking you the right to gas. the rest of your equipment. Right. Where yeah. the Apple Watch Ultra does not currently mm -hmm. talk to your equipment. He was saying that he's hoping that maybe at some point they might add integration. Could, I could see that. It could be like a Peloton situation yeah. where eventually they build the software in and maybe that happens. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So this Suno that he's wearing, is this a... Sunto. Sunto. Yeah. That's a watch you would wear all the time, or he only wears it diving? Only diving. Okay. And so one of the most exciting things for him about the Apple Watch Ultra was that right now he has an Apple Watch Series 6, but he said he basically never uses it because he dives twice a day. And he also, he always needs to either be using the Sunto or maybe one of the other watches that he has. And so he said, like, I just don't want to switch my watches all the time. Yeah. So I and he doesn't use his Sunto out during the day because it looks like it doesn't really look like you're supposed to wear it. So he said something he's really excited for is that he can go do a diving session with some clients and yeah. then immediately get out and go meet his girlfriend for dinner. And it won't look totally ridiculous on his wrist. And you can use it for the regular Apple Watch stuff. As you can imagine, 
I stopped using my Apple Watch right now because I needed to use this one. And I just didn't want to take it on and off all the time. But if I only have one device that I can use when I go out with my girlfriend to have a, a meal and the next morning and I, and I use it to sleep and then the next morning I come to work and I go diving and I don't need to take it off, it would be very, very good. I would appreciate it. It'll look less ridiculous. Yeah, less than less ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. that sounds like the ideal uh, candidate for this watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, you know, I don't know what EN one three three one nine certification is. They flashed it on the screen, and I was like, "Huh, sounds official, cool." Yeah. And I sort of moved on. I don't know what that like. I don't know how many of these features or certifications are actually applicable mm-hmm. to this. But I'll tell you what it reminds me of. When I went out to shoot the Ascension Project with David Blaine, mm-hmm. he was strapping a bunch of balloons to his arm and ascending upper into the into the atmosphere where the air gets much thinner, and he would have to monitor his blood oxygen levels. Right. And at a certain point during the pre-rehearsal, he was like, Marquez, the new feature on the watch this year is a blood oxygen level sensor. Should I use that to like actually monitor my blood oxygen, and then hopefully don't go hypoxic and pass out and die while strapped to the balloons. I do not that want something to give I you do? medical advice about <laughs> this. <laughs> and that, basically my reaction was, okay, it's cool that it can track that, Yeah, but I would use a dedicated watch that mm-hmm. just does that right. because this is actually a matter of life and death and I yeah. wouldn't want you to just, oh, the, the watch glitched out. It turns out I'm going to die in a minute. Yeah, And so you wouldn't wear that particular instrument as you come down and land and go off to a date. Mm-hmm. But the Apple Watch, if it worked well enough, could be reassuring, mm-hmm. you know, if it's giving you the right info. So that's what it reminds me of. I I don't know how life and death some of these things are. The yeah. decompression times and all these things are obviously very important for diving, but. The, uh, the yeah. switching gases, that's mm-hmm. only usually used past 40 meters, yes. you said? Yeah, okay. You don't need other gases until you get into technical diving, which is past 40 meters. Basically, in your tank, when you do recreational diving, you just have normal air compressed. So just compressed air, normal, taken from a compressor from the outside and put in a tank is exactly as you, the air you're breathing right now. And uh, technical diving, you might have different gases in your tank uh, because you need to go more for example, deeper, you need to stay longer at a certain depth. And um, the, not the compression limit that I was talking before, um, if you exceed this, uh, this number, let's say, uh, then is also technic- is considered technical diving. It's, it seems like, I think, to make that connection with what you're saying, it feels like the Apple Watch is fantastic for everyone who's doing, and probably why they kept saying recreational, like you said. Yeah. If you are a professional doing technical diving, you're probably okay with pulling out the big guns that yeah. you're only using for that. Right. Yeah. So it, it honestly makes perfect sense. Yeah. I recreational think. is the perfect. Recreational is the perfect word for what Apple usually calls pro. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Like it. It seems interesting because Apple sort of marketed this as the like, are you the most hardcore person in the world? But then they use the word recreational all the time during the keynote. Yeah, it's like the the edge between normal Apple Watch users and actual hardcore professionals with dedicated equipment is yeah. this blurry line of like, 
I don't know. I run like a, I do a triathlon in my city every weekend, but obviously the watch won't last the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't use the Apple watch or yeah. like, oh, I do actually like do some pretty intense hikes pretty regularly every summer. Mm-hmm. And it would be cool if the watch could get waypoints because as of this current time, I don't use the watch for anything. It's like that, that gray area. It's like above average. It's not above, pro, average, above average, intense recreational, but not, you know, a hundred meters down scuba, like technical diving right. or like hiking Mount Everest. I don't think the mountains that they're showing in the keynote are necessarily the highest end, most extreme. I need three or four instruments on my wrist to keep track of if I'm going to die or not. But I believe it's like more intense than like a hike up the mountain in Hawaii or something. Yeah. And it seems like they can do like the Apple Watch Ultra can can do like 95% of what the most extreme of these sports need. It's just that 5% is very important when you're yeah. in the top, top, top hard part of it, you know? Makes sense. But we're talking about, I don't know, um, 5% of the people that dive do technical diving. The other 95%, they just go, they just do diving with the going holiday. Uh, or they just do it in uh, if they live close to the sea or close to a lake or something like this. So technical diving is for very few people. And uh, yeah. Um, but he was extremely excited about it. He said he is definitely going to get one. Okay. And he can see a lot of these selling, which is surprising. Yeah. Oh, I can see it. We've four divers. Uh, yeah, but even for all of them and for the same purposes, why GoPro sells so well, and we've made the comparison is like. I have no doubt that it'll sell well. Mm-hmm. I want to see what the people who actually are using it, how they compare it. So I can't wait to see when he gets it and then compares it to his Sunto or yeah. whatever he's using. Yeah, the Sunto he's using now is a few years old, he said, and it's $250. I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah, but it's also yeah. quite old. He said they can get up to about 800 to to $1,000. Probably you can get this one, which is still okay right now. It's pretty old, but it's still okay for maybe... 250 euros so 300 dollars or something like this i have a i have another one which i use uh, just in particular cases it's a very expensive one and it's really big it's like a big square on my on my wrist wow for so, a single use watch 250 exactly. is not crazy yeah, yeah. Well, yeah but it's it's kind of old it's like three to four years old he said if it can mix gases and he trusts it to go no it over... can't mix gases oh it can't the sunto cannot Okay. Yeah, the Sunto is going to be completely replaced for him by the Apple Watch. The okay. Apple Watch will do everything the Sunto does and okay. also a lot of other stuff. Okay, cool. Right. Huh. So, yeah, he was super stoked about it. He basically was like, for everything that I do on an everyday basis, this is going to work awesome. I would definitely buy it. All right. So, check in the box. Yep. All, All right. right. Who's next? Do we want to do running, running or, or hiking? hiking? I'll do, I like, I'm curious about the running. Thing. Running? Yeah. Okay. So we interviewed Hella. He actually has a YouTube channel. Um, he ran across America recently. He runs every single day. He's on his like 1,500 and something day of running right now. My name is Hella Sidibe, and I am obsessed with running. I've been running every day since May 15, 2017. And after I run today will be my day, 1,946 consecutive days. I've yeah missed the day. And I've also... I uh, ran across the U.S. I ran from Los Angeles, California to New York City, New York. And I uh, just recently did my first 100-miler trail, ultra, elevation, whatever you name it. Hey, the thing I found crazy, he finished his run across America, 
And then he ran the next day. <laughs> we met him at the I, Apple event. Okay, when someone it. runs across America like Forrest Gump, they're taking breaks every night and then just running a bunch of miles every day. Yeah, he said I he guess. was running about 14, 14 hours a day of running. I'm spending 8 to 14 hours a day on my feet running. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. he did it in 68 days or something. But this is just high-level recreational. He's not a professional <laughs> runner. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I mean, if you're <laughs> racing... That's He's one not thing. A sprinter, yeah. If you are running high-level recreational, way more than a normal person, which that sounds like he is, then maybe he's in that blurred area. Yeah, he, I mean, he's not in the Olympics doing sprinting like a hundred k's or whatever. But no. he does he does run races, and he he made sure to bring yeah. up that yeah. the Apple Watch Ultra does have some features specifically that would be good for competition. Right. Okay. So some interesting features they're adding. Um, they're doing track, like track track detection, detection, which yeah. is interesting. Uh, he said that that would be possibly helpful for like training, but that he doesn't really run on a track. Um, the th the main things that he's really excited about are things like the action button, because he he mentioned that when he's running a lot, when he's running far distances, he sweats a ton. Mm -hmm. His fingers get sweaty. He's wiping sweat off of his forehead, and then when he's trying to change things it's all button it's all like soft touchscreen touchscreen yeah. button based yeah he like can't re sometimes it doesn't register can't relate. has problems yep so having the physical buttons was really important for him if you're really running and you're tired you're sweaty sweats are getting in your eye you find yourself doing this the action button is very important um it's i think that's very fam should be familiar with anybody active whether you run or you're outdoor trail hiker whatever it is just making it simple um, oh, the biggest thing, though, is like, so when he's about to run a race, like he's going to run a marathon or something, the Apple Watch, it's a very specific thing, but it has this countdown where you press start exercise yeah. and it goes, okay, we're starting three, three two, two, one. one. And he's, yeah. So yeah. this guy wears four watches because he wants to compare all of them all the time and have the oh, data on every intense. single. Oh, he's I like intense. this guy. Okay. He wears four running watches. Mm -hmm. All of the other ones have a similar like action button thing. You press it, it goes. But this one, he's like, all right, on a marathon, I got to press it three seconds before they blow the horn. Oh, you see runners on the line right before a race. Everybody has their hands on their watch, right? To hit the start. But with Apple, you got to time it where three, two, one goes by the time they blow the, the horn or shoot the gun to go. So like when I was at New York City Marathon race start, when they were like five, Four, I waited till I heard three, then I hit start. So it counts down. So it starts exactly versus waiting till I hear one. When I hear one, I can just hit boom and then go. Those watches do that. Apple doesn't do that. He also really likes the dual frequency GPS because he runs through cities, especially when he was doing his like across America thing. He was going through cities and stuff. Yep. When you're going through cities, the GPS is terrible. Yeah. yeah. And he loves his metrics. I'm actually excited about the, the new GPS also as well, the L1 plus the L5, because now you can have accuracy when you're in buildings. And sometimes I will say, as much as I love the other watches, especially Garmin, uh, the GPS sometimes when you're in building, you're like, there's no way I'm running at this pace. You just know it with your, with your feel. And, and you're like, Apple seems a little more what I feel like I'm running by feel right now, even though it's not picking up the GPS maybe as much as it should, but it is a little more on what you feel like your body's moving at that pace. So interesting. Uh, big thing he loved was the battery life expansion. Actually, when I saw 36 hours, I was like, thank goodness. Like that is big. And then when I saw the 60 hour extended potential battery, I was even like, whoa. 
Mm-hmm. He basically said that like when he was both when he was running across America and then he also did an ultra recently, which is about 100 miles. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Sick. Um, it obviously the watch obviously wouldn't would last die. that long before. So it took 27 hours, 44 minutes and nine seconds. I, oh, okay. I know. Yeah, it was the okay. He so literally yeah. passed off the Apple Watch, the dead Apple Watch, to one of his teammates who was like driving alongside him. Mm-hmm. They took it, charged it for him, and put it back on him at like mile sixty. So sixty point nine miles, sixteen hours. That's when the Apple Watch did the ten percent warning sign. So I left it with my crew at that point to charge it up, and I picked it up around mile eighty something to finish the race with. Yeah. Something. Yeah, because it takes a while to charge. Yeah, it would take like. A full 40 minutes of however much running you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Which is crazy. So he thinks that he would be able to do a full ultra with this, especially with the 60 hour low power mode. Which is coming later this year. Later this year. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. But he was already just stoked about the 36 hours of normal usage because he said like 90% of the stuff he does on a day to day basis that will work for. Um, The biggest thing that was an issue with me with Apple Watch was the battery life because as I got my runs longer, and as I'm doing longer distance, ultra distance, the battery doesn't last as long. Even the run across America, I had to get a, a different watch because I don't have time to keep charging and it's wasting time because I'm spending eight to 14 hours a day on my feet running. So to wait an hour or two hours to charge the Apple watch was taking daylight from me. Which probably means 99% of most of what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Or like 99.9. Yeah. I'm getting <laughs> yeah. the feeling. Okay. I'm getting the feeling that the Apple watch ultra can cover more close to the absolute maximum use case than it did in diving mm-hmm. in running. Mm-hmm. Like what is the absolute peak, like critical information of like running and training? It's yeah. like, okay, I need to measure exact timing of things. It's a stopwatch. It's maybe GPS location and splits and, and pace and things like that. And yeah. like the watch is already really good at that. And now yeah. the dual frequency GPS will be better at it. Battery life. And battery life for long runs. And yeah. if it's good enough for this guy who's running 14 hours a day across the country, yeah. I don't see very many runners who need a separate, dedicated, even better running watch. Yeah. So that's yeah. tracking pretty well for me. Right that's now there's problem. like Garmin's and stuff that are also used for that. Um, <clears throat> but he's like, I don't know. This could, he said basically the only thing that Garmin and a couple of the other companies he uses has over the Apple Watch is mostly battery life because those last for like weeks at a time. Yeah. So I run with Carl's Apex Pro, that's one of them. And I did the Transcon with this, which is the Garmin Phoenix 6 Pro. And then this is the Wahoo Element Rival. And I will say this one does best with a battery because I can go two weeks without charging this. But the the diving was also like, it does most of the things that you want to do in recreational diving too. And the UI is way better. So yeah. I think the edge case might be a little bit wider because there are probably more recreate. Uh, there are probably more technical divers than there are people that the Apple Watch is not ultra is not enough for them for running. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, you can go beyond the diving capabilities of this watch, but it's really hard. It sounds like to go beyond the running capabilities yeah. of this watch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. This. Does you he, know, oh, sorry, my guys. I was gonna say, is he gonna get one or not? Oh yeah, he said he's absolutely. He's at the one. event. We talked to him for. Oh, and he's going to get one. They're they're sending him one, but he said he would absolutely, he was going to buy one anyway. Okay. Yeah. Bet. Yeah. This doesn't really have to do with his running per se, but one thing he said that I thought was kind of interesting is that when he's, you know, he talked a lot about how 
most of the other running watches don't function well as a straight-up smartwatch, which didn't matter a ton to him. But he appreciated that if you're out wearing a Coro or something like that, that's like a clear, clear running watch, people look at him and go, oh, you're a serious runner. If you see a Coro on my hand, you might think, oh, he's an active person. He probably runs or he probably, or Garmin, he's probably... But if you see an Apple Watch, you might not even guess that. You might just be like, oh, he just like to have an Apple Watch on his wrist to have time. Maybe use it when he needs to. But it's like a sleeper. Because I might, you might think I'm, you can guess who I am, what I am, but you never know because I can be either or. So that's also fun. And he likes that if he's wearing the Apple Watch, people won't all of a sudden assume all these things about him. He said it's kind of like a sleeper and it's fun because people don't really know like what he's about. Yeah. For now. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that might change when the commercials show up on TV, but for now, that's an interesting. Yeah. yeah. Some of the other things, too, was that he really likes the compass and he really likes the waypoints um, because that was the other feature that one of the other watches had was if you were like going on a run that was basically also kind of a hike because you're running through a forest or something running. and you're doing trail running. Sure. Yeah. He said that another one of his watches has a literal like map that shows you like which direction to go. Whereas some watches are just like go in this general direction, you know? And so like having the unlimited waypoints that you can just drop with the action button if you want to, and then having it be able to guide you back to each individual waypoint or just do a backwards. Yeah. Like it'll just take you back the same way. Backtrack. He really, really likes. But I have a reroute like, bring me back on the Garmin Coros. I just hit the Garmin one and you see yourself on the path of the map. So I think that's really cool. It's not a compass can help, but like seeing yourself on an actual path, I think that's very important. Also the 68 decibel, like emergency 86. sound. 86. It's yeah, 86. It's so loud. 86. I heard it in person. It's yeah. very loud. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? It's pretty good. Yeah. He was pretty excited about that because he was like, I just feel like that if, you know, if I'm running in the middle of a forest, and I trip and like break my leg. It's a good peace of mind. It's a good peace of mind thing. Sure. So he was extremely stoked about this thing. He was going on. I think we talked to him for like 45 minutes. But it had one thing that I love that pinging SOS. If it's a, a like a, a fire station, or whatever area, they can be like this. This person needs help. Like they can they can tell that this is like a, a I'm, I need help kind of noise. Wow. He was just he was so amped. Have you ever used a compass? Me? Like really used a compass? Um, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> on, on like long hikes, there are, there are moments where you know a general direction you're going is supposed to be one way. So when you come to like a trail that's not marked very well, like it could be beneficial to think like, I know in general I'm supposed to be heading north. This trail that looks like it's heading east is probably wrong. And I, I just it. like the extra like knowledge of that just like makes you feel a little better knowing you're probably going in the correct direction got it i'm exposing how little trail hiking i think it's like when you go a little deeper into the wilderness and like things are 10 plus miles it it helps okay i'm not really an outdoorsy person but my watch has a compass built in Mm -hmm. and i use it all the time when i'm getting off the subway in manhattan oh and i know i need to walk north from this stop that's really so as i'm going up the stairs i can be like 
that's north. That's actually, that's actually probably dope. going to be the like, number one use. New York City for me. <laughs> completely like uptown, downtown. Sometimes you have to walk like half yeah. a block. Yeah, because to know the which GPS direction. is so bad yeah. in cities. You're like walk one block north, and you're like, okay, well, what is yeah. that? You, you just the, check your watch. The and double three sixty to get your iPhone. Mm-hmm. Compass you pick the wrong way every and... time. It's like USB. Yeah, you just exactly. Immediately walk the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, cool. it sounds like we should talk about the last one, which is hiking. Yes. All right. So. For hiking, we talked to someone named uh, Guillermo, mm-hmm. and he hikes in Mexico all the time. He does like really intense um, mountaineering mm-hmm. throughout different mountains in Mexico. Well, my name is Guillermo. I'm based in Mexico City. Uh, professionally, I'm, a, I'm an environmental engineer, so I work on environment-related stuff. And as a hobby, I love uh, mountain hiking, so I've been doing that for almost three years now. Uh, it started as a hobby, kind of like a pandemic hobby, I guess, uh, early in the pandemic when everything was closed. And, uh, yeah, I started going out on the mountains and it has gotten pretty serious in the past year. Generally, he does like single day hikes, but he has done multi-day hikes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was pretty amped on it as well, specifically like for a lot of the same reasons as, as the, the running stuff, specifically like trail running kind of stuff, waypoints. Super excited about the waypoints. Also, the fact that you can track like your route and add set points to it, that's really useful in case you're doing uh, hiking someplace you don't know. Um, the backtracking back to your spot. Yep. Really, really, really useful. Um, the the same like 86 decibel thing, you're a lot more likely to get potentially very injured like going on a mountain. So that's super important, especially since there can be multiple trails. And so if someone's not on your specific trail, but they're on a different trail, they can still hear your emergency thing going off. This alarm or siren that goes off or that you can just click a button and have the alarm sound for, uh, and it can be heard around 200 meters from where you are. That's really interesting. Same battery life thing. It's like, if if I'm doing a day and a half hike or a two day hike, I can actually, this will actually last. Within the mountain hiking people, you don't see a lot of Apple Watch uh, on the mountain because battery life just sucks. I was really excited about bump in battery life. 36 hours, I think is more than enough for, you know, not professional, but kind of people that are more into mountain hiking and that, uh, you know, tend to be in the mountain for, for a whole day. I guess that 36 hours will be enough. Is there a previous like type of watch that someone doing these hikes was most Likely to it use? seems like Garmin kind of wins the running and the hiking and apparently also the scuba diving category right wow. now. It's my smartwatch. It's a Garmin uh, Forerunner 645. Uh, I bought it in late 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and it has been my best friend since for, you know, hiking and keeping track of everything. Garmin's quaking. Right. When we said that, when we did that episode uh, last week or the week before, and we were like, is this the Garmin killer? I think Garmin's actually freaking out. Well, Garmin sort of uh, stepped a little bit, funny enough, down into smartwatches uh, like a year ago or mm-hmm. earlier this year. And so I think that was a little bit of foresight of them going, you know, when Apple steps up into a more sports-focused watch, mm-hmm. that's going to take a bite out of our watch stuff. So we need to step in first. So that yeah. was interesting to see. Uh, I yeah, Garmin's a name I definitely see the most in this yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. I don't think that, you know, they need to be completely afraid because again, the Apple Watch only works with iPhones and the That's rest of the world, iPhones are not nearly as popular as they are in the US. Massive point. Um, so it actually might be to Apple's advantage at some point to allow some sort of linkage between an Android phone and an Apple Watch. 
Ultra. Wasn't there a wasn't there a feature? Maybe it was just the SE. Wasn't there a thing where you could just get a new family member just a watch? Yeah. Yeah. And that was if like, you already have an iPhone. Yeah, it's for like have. kids, I think. That yeah. was the SE like cellular and it gave yeah. you like some basic I don't know if it's gonna go do waypoints and gotcha. stuff yeah, like the, that. Yeah. The calculus they need to do now is basically like are it is people wanting this watch going to also drive the sale of iPhones or is it the other way around? Mm-hmm. Because like I could like all of these people, basically all of these people told me the Apple Watch Ultra is going to replace my dedicated thing, except for my super crazy dedicated thing for the like top 1% of what we do. Right. Um, so it sounds like they're going to sell a lot, but again, only to iPhone users. Hmm. which is kind of a weird kind of a weird calculus right yeah i do you see apple ever changing that i don't really see them probably not yeah probably not but it's always gonna AirPods be like, also work with android phones so there's that that but i guess they're bluetooth and that's yeah, more of a standard that's the simplest version but like as soon as you get into the watch level of complication yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. um then you you end up with like it's more of a beacon to come over this side of the wall in the walled garden. Like, yeah. Oh, would you like to use this cool watch? Well, come over here where the iPhones live. Uh-huh. Oh, would you like to make FaceTime calls? Or there, here's like a little web version for Android, but like come over here. This yeah. Is, it's nicer over here. Yeah. So, but internationally, yeah. it, it could be kind of hard for Apple to like move people over to an iPhone just to be able to get the $800 watch. Right. You know? Hmm. So, could be, a, could be a thing to think about. Did you guys have any questions about? Any of the specific sports? Well, I'm just fascinated. I I know that they showed a lot of sports in the presentation. They had the Ironman, which is like there's biking in there, swimming, running, obviously trail running, hiking, climbing, diving, all this stuff. Um, so as someone who only does a small fraction of that, it's it's cool to see that this is actually pretty promising. I went on YouTube channels of like each of these different extreme sports like the biggest people that do each of these sports mm-hmm. and pretty much all of them have a video about the watch ultra which yeah, that is seems like the perfect enthusiast recreational group yeah seems like it's uh and i think that garmin and and sunto need to actually start getting nervous so they're definitely thinking about it they're yeah. thinking about the apple watch yeah sick all right. Well, definitely stay tuned. I do plan on eventually reviewing the Apple Watch Ultra. And of course, it'll I'll go through practice with it. I'll try to get it muddy and see what happens. Um, but until then, that's it for this episode. That's it's it, for, not uh, this it week. for this episode. Well, we do have trivia. one more one more trivia thing to do. No, we have uh, answers. Right? Or whiteboards. White. Oh. Are we whoa, finally revealing? Whoa, spoiler. Are alert. we going to reveal the whiteboards yet? I think yeah, we are. Take yeah. them out, everybody. Now, introducing the new Waveform Media Podcast, Whiteboards, made by our friends at Dbrand. These are the hottest non-products of the fall. You can't buy them, but you can stare at them beautifully on our video podcast. Now, introducing a new level of fairness into Waveform trivia, for now and forever. That was... The timing on that was impeccable. Ah, thank you. That was the best promo. I was waiting so long to hear the the full version of that song. (laughs) Yeah. That was good. Only for special moments. I have the beta-tested whiteboard that doesn't have the waveform (laughs) thing on top. We should really get four of these. Wow, this is good. Look at this. Hold on. I'm going to write a word. See that? So you can, like, read what I wrote. And then 
Wow, it works. Look Literally at that. everything is debranded. <laughs> the pens, the erasers. This is kind of next level. Okay, I'm ready for the... All so right. we'll get so to write our answer. So here's, here's sure how we're going to do it. I'm going to reread the question. Uh-huh. All of you are going to write your answer on the whiteboard. Okay. And then, uh, one by one, you're going to flip your boards around and uh, read the answer you wrote aloud. Also, make sure when you flip, do not flip like this. Flip like this. Right side up. Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. there a time limit to how long I have to write? Uh... 15 seconds or something. Sure. Yeah, okay. Sure. A rough 15, you know. Pitch we'll block. play with it. All right. All right, let's do uh, the softball one first. So, <laughs> before Ford intervened, what word was the Tesla lineup supposed to spell out? David, why don't you uh, flip it around first, right at the camera? For the audio listeners, what does that say? Can the camera even see this? <laughs> I don't know if we can see it. You got to write bold letters. It's Oh, that's out of focus if you hold it too far forward. Oh, that's true. But yeah, we can crop in on you. What does it say? Yeah, yeah. Sexy. Correct. Wonderful. Andrew? Another sexy. Say it out loud. <laughs> sexy, yeah. There's my answer right there. Sexy. Oh, and even pointed at the So I, I feel like my confusion was the Ford interrupting it. Because so Ford has a patent three. on the model on that's w- Model E. Model E. From oh, Mach yeah, Mach e. oh, okay. Yeah. So, so they couldn't use E, so they did three instead. So but the, the Model okay. 3 was supposed to be called the Model E. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. So yeah, David. Wait, Lee. really? Yeah. Yeah. Why, is, spe- why isn't it? Because Ford sued them. Yeah, you can't use. Oh, sorry, Model 3. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Ignore that. I thought you meant the Ford Model, the Mach E, not the Model 3. But wait, no, now there's Cybertruck and Roadster, so now it's S, 3, X, Y, Roadster. They ruined it. Cybertruck. Semi-truck. RCS. RCS. Sexy RCS. RCS. Oh my god. Now you know. (laughs) Now you know. The real plan for Elon this whole time. Elon loves Google. Bring RCS back. Elon loves Google. All right. All right. Question number two. In June of 2021, Apple began offering the ability to stream lossless audio on Apple Music. Which model of AirPods are able to play Apple Music lossless audio? Okay. I've written my answer. All right. Marquez, you want to flip around first this time? Sure. Here's my answer. AirPods 2. AirPods 2. Oh, that's the wrong number. Andrew, you want to give it a shot? I have AirPods Max with wire. Dang. David, you want to? That's so annoying. (laughs) If I don't have that answer, do I lose? Still got to flip it around. Airpods 3. Wow. All right. Maybe. We never know. We'll come back. This one was supposed to be a trick question because the answer is actually none of them. Um, What? Because (laughs) lossless audio over Bluetooth is a thing that only Qualcomm chips can do. But Andrew came through with the wire... App, AirPods Pro Max can, in fact, AirPods do... Uh, is, was, are they not Pro Max? No, they're just AirPods Max. Max. Oops. Is it just... Can Is it any service? Uh, yeah, I it's guess? any any service. Anytime you're using wireless headphones, you are listening to lossy audio. I just want to note, though, that to do lossless with the wire with the AirPods Max, you have to do a lightning to 
USB USB C and then you and then either USB C into the computer or USB C to headphone jack. headphone jack adapter. Yeah. No, don't the don't they come with a a lightning? It's to, a lightning to headphone. Yeah. Jack. No one, lightning to lightning. Oh, do they? No, come no. With there's a lightning, a lightning to, to jack? jack. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they Does do. it come with that cable? But yeah, you're right. That your iPhone. Wait, they come with a lightning to headphone jack adapter? Because the, the no, iPhone but, doesn't have a headphone jack. Yeah, but the iPhone doesn't have a headphone jack. So this is so dumb. Yeah. So the headphones are lightning, and the phone is lightning. But there is no lightning. Yeah, to but lightning. you can listen to head- AirPods Max on things other than an iPhone. Wait, there's but no you lightning. But you can't use Apple Music. Yeah. Hmm? You can't. You can only use Apple Music on a Mac or a. <laughs> yeah, on a Mac. So. Oh, on a Mac. But Either like, way, Andrew still beat my trick question. Why so, wouldn't they do lightning to lightning so that you could directly connect to your... I, yeah. They hate us. I guess they just really don't want people to plug in. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's Which is funny because we were plugged in at Apple Campus for the... Yeah. Oh. For the podcast. The with I, the like a super Max. long cable. I didn't see the, the other end. It was of a, there was a connector in behind uh, it. Yeah. Wow. I almost pulled it out. <laughs> Delete that. that happen. <laughs> Well, the more you know. Well, that was fun. We All got right. our uh, we got oh. our points. I'm falling behind now. Dang, Andrew. Yeah, final score. Uh, Marquez, seven. David, four. Wow. Andrew, nine. Am I four I because it... I just haven't been on enough shows? What? Like, did we balance my... Uh, no, these are unbalanced scores. Oh, wow. we don't have your <laughs> percentage. We don't have your make percentage, yeah, but you have your total makes. So that's, that's pretty... Four is pretty good. <laughs> anyway. Bummer. <laughs> Well, that was been. I'm glad we did the whiteboard thing. Shout out to the comments that suggested this as a way to actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. YouTube username burn. Yeah, this was your idea. B-B-R. You had this idea in late May, so it took us a while, but here we are, baby. I hope that you're watching again. We did it Apple style. We took a minute and we properly executed on the idea. And thank you for uh, to Dbrand for um, yes. for Always. executing on for the everything. Idea. Yeah. yeah, appreciate you. And thank you to for to Tim. For making the design. Oh, yeah, and Tim for designing Tim it. Tim helped design it. These are beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. I can't wait for more trivia questions. We should do just a trivia episode where we just rack up. Oh, my the God. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I have a plan for We've that. have done that already. before, right? Okay, perfect. Well, until the next one, thanks for watching and thanks for listening to this episode. It's still Tech Timber, so there's a lot more around the corner and a lot more to get into in the tech world. It's a good time to be a nerd. Catch you in the next one. Peace. Waveforms produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Roven. We are partnered with Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro outro music was created by Vane Sill.